Well, amen. Today our text is John chapter 11. Love for you to turn with me in your copy of the Word of God. If you're at home, just open up your Bible there. And if you're here at Great Hills, John chapter 11, uh, verses 30 through 44. The title of my sermon is, He's Still Rolling Stones, Still Rolling. Yes, wasn't that a good song? Come on now, church. Thank you, thank you so much, Kristen. Still Rolling Stones, that's the title of our sermon. And so we're just thrilled, thrilled, thrilled that you're here today and worshiping the Lord with us. Somebody commend you, Great Hills. You're amazing. Um, you spread out. You're doing your social distancing thing, and uh, that is a great thing. They said expect about 25% of your normal Sunday morning attendance. So I think we've done more than that, but we're grateful that you're here. Still Rolling Stones. Lauren Daigle helped write that song. She was part of a quartet that wrote the song. Of course, obviously, she's the one as recorded. She's a Grammy uh, award-winning singer, which I don't think she has anything on Kristen Gibbs. But anyhow, she's a, an amazing singer. But this is, this is what she said about the song. And I quote her. She said, out of the shadows, out of the shadows is the first thing you will hear on my brand new album, Look Up Child. It's all about the things we think are dead. And it's a reminder that all the losses can be revived, they can all come back. It's a song about God's omnipotent power to bring that which was dead uh, into life. And so our text today is John chapter 11. We're going to talk about this stone. You know, the Bible talks about stones. I know when I said rolling stones, some of y'all had visions of Mick Jagger. That is not where we're going with this, I promise you. We're talking about the stones in the Bible. They're two prominent, conspicuous ones. You think about the stone at Jesus' tomb. Remember that angel said, big on stone. Because you know what? You can't keep something out in when God wants it out. That's just, the, that's just the power of God. And then at Lazarus' tomb, you know, you've got that stone that's in that trough. It's rolled over the entry uh, to the tomb chamber. And when Jesus said, remove it, they removed it. And then he said, Lazarus, come forth. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about these stones that God removes, not only the physical stones, but the mental and emotional depression stones, the stones of affliction, uh, the stones that, that hurt us, the unforgiveness and the bitterness. Those are the kind of things we're going to talk about. Because you know what? There's just this amalgamation. There's just this commingling of all kinds of emotions going on in our nation and in our own hearts and in our own family. Some of you have even confessed to me, uh, Pastor, I, I, my kids about, they about wore me out. I'm just, I'm just going to be honest with you. You know, with three months with my kids, I love them, but I almost laid hands on them. I'm telling you, it's just a crazy time. It's a crazy time. And then you got the unemployment things going on. Then you got the rioting going on and the social injustices and this whole pandemic. We don't talk much about the old pandemic, the COVID guy anymore. I mean, it's like we are just in, we got stones everywhere, massive boulders, obstacles. I thought about stones. You know that the largest stone in the world is in northern Australia. It's called Ayers Stone. I got a picture of it for you. Check this stone out. It is only 1,100 feet in height, but it's 2.2 miles long and 1.5 miles wide. In Australia, when the light of the sun hits that orange, it becomes this orange-red, fiery glow, and it, it can be seen from miles around. It is a massive stone. When I think about stones, I think about Enchanted Rock. Anybody ever been to Enchanted Rock? Isn't that a cool place? Anybody ever climbed Enchanted Rock? I have, and I live to tell about it. It is so cool. Jason Mann up here playing the guitar. I love to see him playing the guitar, don't y'all? 
I mean, he's just animated and excited with it. He leads groups up there and they, they hike that thing and it's, it's big. Now it's not airs big, but it is 1,825 feet in elevation. It covers, right outside of Fredericksburg, it covers 1.6 acres. So it's pretty, pretty large. So when I'm talking about stones today, I want you to think of big stones. I want you to think of big obstacles, hurdles, difficulties. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to juxtapose. I want you to put whatever stone that you can imagine in your mind, and I want you to put it up against the omnipotent, all-powerful God that we serve. And I want to demonstrate to you through the text, through the sacred scripture, that when Jesus Christ enters the scene, when he is present, there is no stone that can stand in his presence. And so we're going to look at his power today. I hope you come today to worship God, to, I mean, just be filled with the Holy Spirit. And now just focus in, laser focus into the Word of God. In verse 30, it begins this way. Now Jesus had not yet come into the town. That's Bethany. It's about two miles outside of Jerusalem. Bethany, by the way, is where Jesus hung out a lot. You know why? Because his buddies were there. Some of his best friends in the world were this trio of Lazarus, Mary, and for you Bible scholars, who? Martha. Some of you wearing your mask. I, can't, I couldn't hear you say it. I know you knew the answer. Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. But he was in the place where Martha had met him. Then the Jews who were with her, talking about Mary now, in the house and comforting her. Why are the Jews comforting Mary and Martha? Somebody help me. What happened to Lazarus? He died, right? We don't know how he died, but he's been dead now for four days. And when they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out, they followed her. And they said, oh, she is going to the tomb to weep there. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, unlike her sister who kind of just ran into Jesus' presence and kind of scolded Jesus a little bit, if you had been here, he wouldn't have died. Mary does the opposite. She just falls at his feet and she says to him the same words, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping, now this is an interesting Greek word. That word means to wail, all right? It means demonstrative. It's an ugly cry. Y'all ever done an ugly cry? Okay, then you know what that word means then. That's an ugly cry. And the Jews who came with her, same Greek word, were weeping. Jesus groaned in his spirit, and he was troubled, and he said, Where? <laughs> Where have you laid him? Come on now. Things are about to change. Have you ever noticed when God enters the scene and God gets involved, things radically change? Where did you put him? And they said, Lord, come and see. Watch verse 35. People say, well, I have a hard time memorizing Scripture. No, you don't. Anybody can memorize this one, right? Jesus, what? Entirely different Greek word. It's not the moaning, the demonstrative wailing. It means to shed a tear. Okay? So don't get the impression that Jesus is like, oh, no, no, like the others were. He just wept. Why did he weep? We'll talk about that in a moment. Verse 36, then the Jews said, oh, see how he loved him. Well, there's part of your answer. And some of them said, my, my, my. I'm like, what are you people doing? God is on the scene. I mean, something is about to happen, and you have the naysayers and the critics, and they had the audacity to say, well, could not this man 
who had opened the eyes of the blind. Could he not have kept this man from dying? Can you just see him? I mean, mean old church men, mean old church ladies going, well, if you just just start chewing and look, you don't have to be old to be mean. I believe there were some young Jews there going, well, if he had just come around a little bit sooner, things would have turned out this way. Jesus said, groaning in himself, he came to the tomb, and he, he, it was a cave. John's helping us paint the picture here, and there was a stone that lay against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. Now, Martha, I mean, she's the rational, the empiricist. She's the thinker. She says, she's the sister of him who's dead. She said to him, Lord, by this time, uh, there is a stench. Uh, I think the King James says, Lord, he stinketh, for he has been dead for four days. And Jesus said to her, now, this really is the apex text. This is the pinnacle. This is what I want you all to hear. I don't want you to hear anything else. I want you to hear this, word from Christ. Martha, did I not say to you that if you would, church, say that word with me, that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and he prayed. And I love this. He said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died <laughs> came out. And he was bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to him, come on now, church, loose him and what? Let him go. So today, what we're going to do is we're going to look at this text, and we're going to talk about, and not, not to be over-allegorizing, I know what the stones were then, but I know what the stones are today in our own life. And what I want to demonstrate to you is if God has the power and the wherewithal to remove a massive stone covering the mouth of a tomb chamber, and if the angel of God can remove the stone out of the mouth of the, of the grave where Jesus was lying for three days, then is this same God, is he not in control? Does he still not love us? And can he not enter into our hurt and enter into our pain. And I'm not talking about just ameliorating things, making things better. I'm talking about radically changing things so that whatever, whatever was bothering us and pestering us and hurting us, God touches it, he removes it, and he changes everything. That, that's what I'm talking about. This, this great God. And so when verse 40 comes around, did I not tell you, Martha, that if you only believe and have faith, you would see what? The glory of God. That is my desire. I tell you, more than anything else, probably more than any other time in my life, my all-consuming passion is the glory of God, is His name and His fame and His power to be on display. There's three things I want to share with you. Heavy stones line the pathway of life. Now, I know that's pretty obvious, right? Heavy stones line the pathway of life. There are some stones of difficulty in this text that I want to point these out to you. Are you ready? First of all, the biggest one is the stone of death. Death has entered the scene. Jesus' good friend Lazarus has died. 
Jesus waited four days to enter the scene, and now we're confronted with the ugly reality of death. Let me give you some other stones. There's a lot of weeping. There's a lot of despair. There's a lot of moaning and groaning. There's a lot of unbelief, right? And as I pointed out in verse 37, which shocked me, I've read this so many times, but it's like, God, where was that verse? I never saw that verse that even in the midst of hurt and pain and God being on the scene, there were those who were doing this. They were complaining. So there's lots of stones, lots of difficulty here. But what about this physical stone? I did some more study on this. Let, let, me, let me just paint a picture for you. And by the way, the stone uh, or the grave of Lazarus is still there. Uh, you can go to it uh, there in Bethany. And I've never been, but they said you can actually walk up. To, I've seen pictures of it, and you can see the place where Lazarus uh, was buried. Here's, here's what the way one writer describes it. He said, think of a hollowed-out cave that has multiple, now watch this, multiple horizontal, all right, with me, and vertical uh, tombs. And so this, this grave entrance, there's multiple people placed in here, not only horizontally, but vertically. Each vault would generally be covered by a flat stone slab that sealed the grave. Watch this. So he didn't just roll away one stone, he rolled a couple of stones. Did you ever notice that? They're, I like this fellow. Hey, I got used to this, my friend. But I'm preaching, you know, like I have for a long time. He's small like me. I can lay hands on him. Hello, friend. And so I got this fellow here. And so this is what would happen. It would be something like this. Lazarus would be there and the entrance, and they would lay this thing on top of it, a slab of stone. And then here comes the large circular stone that they would roll across the entry to the whole tomb chamber. Are you with me? So that when Jesus said, roll it, <laughs> they rolled it. And then when he said, Lazarus, come forth, the top popped off. The power of God moves everything. And now get this, Lazarus, who had been bound like a mummy. Now they didn't embalm him. That's why he stinketh, okay? But here's what I think. I think when God told him to come out, I think the stink left. I think it was just amazing. I think he was all wrapped up. Now, how did he get out of the tomb and stand up and make his way to the entry of the, gra of, of the tomb chamber? That's something I'd never seen before. I'd studied this. That was a miracle of God. You think about it. How? You see yourself doing this, moving. I don't, I, don't, I don't think so. I just think he just moved by the Spirit of God. He came out. Of the tomb. Now, those are some stones we're dealing with in the text, but what about some, some current stones that we're dealing with as a nation or maybe even in your own life? I've got a few of them. I'm gonna, I want to share them with you. They're not physical, but they're much heavier. You with me? Racial injustice is a big one. Whew. Revelation 21.4 says, there's no racism in heaven. You say, how do you know that? How does that... Because there's no sin in heaven. Praise the Lord. There's no injustice in heaven. There's no murder. How about this um, COVID-19? Good night. What are we up to now? 110,000 Americans have died. Over 300. Almost 400,000 people have died worldwide from this COVID-19 coronavirus. When are we going to get a cure? We don't know. When are things going to go back to normal? Probably never. It may be two to three years before, the, before we can really get to back to some sense of normalcy. What does that mean for churches? 
Believe you me, one of the things I'm going to do for eight weeks, I'm going to miss you, and I'm going to think about you and pray for you a lot, but I'm going to be on my face saying, God, please speak to me. Show us, Lord, what does this day look like for Great Hills Baptist Church? We are living in unparalleled, unprecedented days. How about rioting and hatred? How about depression and alcohol and drug abuse that are on the rise? How about pornography addictions, boulders? I mean, big old Ayers Rock, Enchanted Rock kind of boulders that are, people are carrying around. And let me tell you something, I'm not naive. I used to be naive, but I'm not anymore. Just pastor a few years and don't become jaded. Don't, don't become ill-spirited. But I've noticed by and large now that the same stones and the same boulders that are out there, they have a way of rolling right in here. And many of you are carrying them on your back and you're dealing with uh, depression and, and you're dealing with addiction and pornography and it's, and it's real and it's, and it's like this massive stone that is absolutely weighing you down. And you're like, I, I can't get out from under it. I don't see any hope. I'm almost giving myself into despair. Suicide rates depression rates, pornography, addiction, on and on. And now, I mean, it's just like, is there any, I think part of the problem why things have exploded in America is because people have been cooped up for so long and they're just like, they're losing their ever loving minds. And I don't know if y'all gonna judge me for saying this, but I believe it's to be true. I think because there's no sports, there's nothing to distract, there's no movies, there's nothing for people to do. It is the perfect storm. And this massive stone is rolled into our nation. And some of you, some of you are dealing with it. I got some others. You say, please hurry, get past point one. Okay, hold on. Unbelief. Unbelief is prominent. Where is God? Why can't God? Unforgiveness. Now, this one prevails. I mean, unforgiveness is like this stone. It seals off every residue of light. There's no light when there's unforgiveness and bitterness, immorality. I mean, on and on. Lauren Daigle, she writes these words and she sings them. She says, God still rolls stones. Be it mental, be it physical, be it financial, be it spiritual, be it marital, whatever the stone is. God still can roll it. Hey, can we all at least not agree that stones are, are prevalent in our society, in our nation, and in our lives? So let me go to number two. Especially in hard times, remember that faith, I'm in verse 40 now, right? That's the most important verse, I think. Remember that faith and the glory of God are paramount. Jesus' statement to Martha in verse 40, when he said, did I not tell you? Look, look, look at this. I'm going to take you back to John chapter 11, verse 20, uh, 23. If you have your Bibles, that's cool. That's probably why it's a good reason to bring your Bible or your Bible out so that you can help follow along with me because this one's not on the screen. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again, Martha. And Martha said, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and I am the life. And he who believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And she said to him, yes, Lord. So Jesus now in verse 40 is referring to this conversation. Did I not tell you that if you believe? And, and Martha, you said you believe. She said, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, 
the Son of God who is to come into the world. So that's why Jesus gives her a rebuke. She is going to lecture the Son of God on bodily decomposition and stenchology, okay? I know that's not a word, but I just made it up. She's going to tell him, Lord, he has been dead four days. In fact, if you'd just shown up, he wouldn't have died and we wouldn't be having all of this issue. Jesus, let me just ask you something. Where were, let me tell you something, guys. She's a little bit hot. She's angry. And you saw it in her confrontation of Jesus. And Mary's not. Mary's on her knees going, oh God, if you'd have been here. And Mary's like, y'all with me? Can y'all see this foot? She's like, where were you? And now Jesus is going to get a little bit firm with her and say, chill out. Did I not? Does God ever do that to y'all? He does me. And you know when he does? Mm, 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 mm. It's always when I don't trust him. It's always when I don't trust him. And God and I have this conversation. Did I not save you when you were a 19-year-old, confused, ministerial student in college? Uh, yes, you did, Lord. I was there. That was pretty amazing. I, I remember the peace and the joy. Okay. Did I not call you to marry the girl that everybody else wanted to marry? And for some reason, isn't it comical, Danny, that she chose you? Yes, Lord, it is. <laughs> it is. All those guys were wanting to date her. And she, for some reason, it had to be my six-foot muscular frame, you know, and <laughs> just raw good looks. Yeah, that's, that's it. Well, did I not call you to serve me in various places? Did I not supernaturally call you at Great Hills Baptist Church they, 10 years ago? And I'm like, well, yes, Lord, I know. He said, then what are you doing? Can I not handle this? Does God ever do you like that? Does he kind of take you back and say, hey, look at the stones that I have rolled on your behalf. I have I have manifested my power. I have orchestrated events. I moved heaven and earth to get you to where you are. Do you think I'm going to stop now? The answer is no. No. Because he's still rolling stones. I mean, he's, he's still got it. He's still God. And, and man, we're in just all the confluence and the convergence. It all, it hinges and the thing, the only thing we can bring, guys, is faith. And even God gives us a measure of faith. All we got to do is just receive it and say, I believe. Look, the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please him. Mm. Hebrews eleven six. I've got it memorized, but there it is on the screen. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Oh, 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 hold on. Let me get back to my notes. I got so excited, I forgot to ask y'all something. Let me find it. Oh, here it is. I found it. I found it. Oh, I can't believe I didn't ask y'all this. God gave me this. Randy, you ready for this? I'm going to give it to you. You ready? Oh, thank you, Lord. What stones, if removed, would bring God more glory and you more favor and opportunities? Think about that. 
What stones are you dealing with right now that if God removed them, it would bring him more glory first and foremost, and it would give you more favor and more responsibilities? Holy Spirit, thank you. Zero in on that. Especially in hard times, remember that faith and belief, I I think especially in this hard time, nobody knows how this turns out. Hey, we we may be entering the end. (laughs) I mean, the trumpet might just blow, and the Son of God raptures us out of here. Wouldn't that be awesome? I'm ready. I'm excited. But if not, and he chooses to leave us here, then he's with us. We praise him. But the key is don't lose faith. You know, I I saw it, and Corey Hatch, our media pastor, and I had a good dialogue about uh, the lead singer from Hawk Nelson Band, Christian Contemporary Band. In fact, a few years ago, that band performed for our church in camp at the camp, and they they were amazing. Well, now the lead singer has come out, and now he says, I no longer believe in God. And when you scratch below the surface, he had some massive stones of doubt, unanswered questions. He presented them to his, I think it was his uncle who was a pastor, and his uncle said, oh, don't worry about that. You'll you'll understand it better one day. We all just got to have faith. In other words, I'm not going to answer your question. And so he just kept piling those stones on him. Now to the point, he said, I don't even believe in God because nobody, when in my dark, deep times, nobody answered the, the great questions. And I thought that just breaks my heart. And here's what breaks my heart the most is now he has demonstrated by his actions that he never was born again by the Spirit of God. Because let me tell you something, church. When you really get saved, God never loses something that he finds. He never loses something that he finds. What breaks my heart, too, is now he is cut off from the Holy Spirit. He's cut off from the church of God. And now the lead singer, because of unbelief, be careful. Be careful. I don't know what your stone is. But you feel it, and it gets heaping, heavy, and heavy, and, and, and some of you are tempted to say, well, I just don't really believe that God even exists. Be careful, because here's what you're left with when that happens. You've either got to believe that Almighty God is in control and He created you, or you've got to believe that Stardust did it. That's what Carl Sagan and that's what um, Stephen Hawkins, they, they believe in aliens and Stardust, you say, well, I don't, I don't know if I believe in that. Then you got to believe in macroevolution. you got to believe that non-intelligence somehow miraculously created intelligence. And other people say, well, no. It, and I'm, I'm, I'm being absolutely serious with you. The brightest minds in the world, Francis Crick, who discovered the macromolecule of RNA and DNA, he said, aliens did it, brothers. Aliens created us. And what happened years and years ago is they got on a ship. No, no, I'm serious. And this is what you must believe if you do not believe in God. You have to believe that the aliens got on a ship. They took some macromolecules. I don't know how they did that. A little Petri dish. They came to earth. They opened up the door, pushed the Petri dish out, And five billion years later, we're still rolling stone. That's it. 
That, no, no, that's, that you must believe that. You must believe that when you take God out of the equation. But I just want you to know something. Though I may not always understand him, though I may have my doubts and I may just go, oh Lord, I don't know what is happening here. I'm telling you, I still, woo, I still believe. I still believe. He's awesome. And that, that's what we're left with, right? I mean, and my heart breaks for this man. I wish someone would have entered into his world and said, before you do that, before you cross the divide, Let's answer your questions. Let's, let's talk. Let's, let's dialogue. There are answers. There are apologies. I wish somebody introduced him to Ravi, you know. I wish Ravi Zacharias could have sat down with him. The last thing I want to share with you and from the text is God includes us in rolling the stones. Now, don't judge me. Hold on. Some of you, God, God don't need me to do anything. It's all God. It's all, hold on, hold, hold on. God includes us. Look, he chose to include us. Now, I want to show you this in the text. In verse 39, Jesus commanded them to take away the stone. He didn't just go, okay, guys, hold on just a second. Let me move this for you. No. He had human beings go, and they rolled away the stone. Humanity is in obedience to what God commanded. Let me give you another example. Verse 40, he said, did I not tell you that unless you have faith, you will not see the glory of God. Are you with me? This is, this is our part. No, 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 no. I'm not diminishing the sovereignty and the almighty power of God. I'm just explaining to you, this is God's diagram. This is God's plan. He could do it all. And yet for some reason only known to the omnipotent mind of God, he has chosen to work with us. Let me give you another one. Verse 44, they said, Loose him and let him go. Jesus broke the... He's, um, no, that's, that's an old song. He said, loose him, let him go. Watch this. Who's he talking to? Anybody? Angels? No. He's talking to people. Hey, there he is, and he is a mess. I mean, he's, he's standing there. I don't know what, I don't know how this looks. I don't know how this comes across. He's like, let, let me go, guys. Hey, get, get me out of here. Hey, Martha. Get over here. It's me. It's your brother. And so they come and they start taking these things off and cutting things off. And there's not a whole lot we can bring. And I said earlier, it's kind of you hear my sovereignty of God theology, even faith, a gift. Repentance is a gift. God says, look, all you got to do is believe. Trust, trust me. And then when you do, there's this shaft of light, there's this illumination, there's this massive earthquake, things just start happening, and the Holy Spirit of God comes in to the situation. Whatever the darkness is, whatever the stone is, whatever the obstacle is, whatever the boulder is, I don't care if it is the size of an heir's rock or an enchanted rock, I don't care what the boulder is, when Almighty God enters the equation, things happen. Things change. God gets all the glory, because you and I are going, I could do that, ain't no way. I can tell you the truth. I could never earn my salvation. I could never do anything. It's all grace, it's all the glory of God, it's all the power of, of God. 
Did anybody else get intrigued? I know it's noon, but I, I just got to share this last part with you. Did anybody else get intrigued when Jesus said, Father, I know that you hear me, and I know that you heard me, but for these people, I said, did y'all catch that dialogue going on? Let me, let me help you with this. This is interesting. And I got this from Warren Wearsby. Jesus paused to pray, and he thanked the Father that the prayer had already been heard. When had Jesus prayed? Probably when he received the message that his friend was sick. So the Father told him, the Son, what the plan was, and Jesus obeyed the Father's will. Okay, Jesus could take his time because he knew what was going to happen. Him and the Father have already had this dialogue. And so when they show up on the scene and it's covered in unbelief, Jesus now, watch this, he prays out loud, our Father, I thank you. And he goes, by the way, Father, I'm just saying this out loud because these knuckleheads can hear it. So that they can hear it and they will believe and they will see the glory of you through me. And that helped me. I understand this better now. And then he goes on to say this. A Puritan writer once said, (laughs) y'all ready? Here it comes. If Jesus had not named Lazarus when he shouted, he would have emptied the whole cemetery. <laughs> Lazarus, come forth. Out of the shadows, bound for the gallows. Listen to this. A dead man walking till love came calling, rise up. Six feet under, I thought it was over. An answer to a prayer, the voice of a Savior. Rise up. The gr- oh, man, listen to this part. I don't know if y'all could hear, the, the, get all the lyrics, but the grave let go. The darkness should have known. You're still rolling stones. I once was blinded, but now I see it. I heard about the power, and now I believe it. That's the sermon. That's the whole sermon. Now I believe it. Oh, this is such a good part. I thought that I was too, thought that I was too far gone. Everything I'd done wrong. Say, Brother Danny, let them sing it. You just, you just read it. Okay. I thought that I was too far gone. For everything I've done wrong. Raise your hand if you've ever done anything wrong. Okay. Did you ever think you were too far gone? Yeah. Yeah, I'm the one who dug this grave. (laughs) But you called my name. You called my name. Jesus is calling your name. Jesus is tenderly calling today, calling today. Now you're listening online. I I got some wonderful news for you. It doesn't matter what your stone is. doesn't matter what your boulder is. doesn't matter what your obstacle is. When you come to God and just believe. No, I'm serious. Just say, Lord, I believe. Then watch what God does. He performs miracles. Ephesians 2, 1 says, we were dead in sin. Dead in sin. Hopeless. Lifeless spiritually. Some people take that too far and say, well, you're so dead. Well, you still were walking around, right? You were still talking. 
You still had cognitive reasoning abilities. But spiritually, watch this, Holy Spirit did not live in you until love came calling. And when he called out and you said, yes, Lord, I am a sinner and I believe with all of my heart that God raised you from the dead. You're the answer. Boom. Salvation. Redemption. Justification. You are born again by the Holy Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Do you want that? Are you listening there on the TV? Do you want it? Receive him. I got a text yesterday from a guy that owns a Chick-fil-A in, um, in, the, in the area. And he had a text and he goes, Brother Danny, I thought this would encourage you. And it was a picture of a young man who's smiling from ear to ear. And they said, this young man, he got saved in your church two years ago. And he can't wait for the church doors to open back up. And I don't know if he may be here today. I'm going to tell y'all something. If y'all ever just want to encourage me and just say, oh, Brother Danny, we love you and all that. You, tell me something like that. Tell me when somebody was in darkness and they came to light. Or tell me when the Spirit of God really encouraged you and spoke to you. That makes it all worthwhile. Well, it's 12.08, and I was determined to get you out at 11.50. So why don't we all just stampede out of here and rush out of here? And No, we don't want to do that. You know, we're not going to give a public invitation, a public altar call. However, if God has spoken to you and you want to be saved and you want this power, and you just say, I just need some help. I just need somebody to help me and coach me and teach me. Out in, the, out in the great hall, for those of you that are online, you got to fill in the description box there. you got, you got to let us know, okay? But those folks that are here, anybody, everybody, young, old, child, student, college, single, it doesn't matter. You go out to the great hall, we're going to have people out there. Six feet apart, right? we got to keep our distance. But you know what? That can be some wonderful conversations that can happen, some boulders can be lifted. Some addictions can be prayed through. And that's what we're going to invite you to do. Can I pray with you? And then we'll have one more song, I think. Terry, is that right, Jeff? Are we going to have one more song? Oh, man. I like that. Would you bow with me and pray with me as they come and prepare to sing and lead us on out? Let me just thank the Lord for you right now. God, thank you for this great church. Thank you, God, for all of them. Layton tells me, Lord, a conservative amount of people watching us right now would be 1,500 people watching us. So thank you for that congregation. Thank you for the growth, the explosive growth of Great Hills Baptist Church during a pandemic. God, that's you. Only, only you can do that. We've, we've strived and we've tried as hard as we can in 10 years. And God, you do something in a moment that we couldn't do in 10 years. So we thank you. We recognize you, your sovereignty. You're all-powerful. You're omnipotent. And yet, God, you offer us to join in with you, to be co-laborers with you. And so we gladly do that. You're our king. We surrender to you afresh and anew. And for many, Lord, I just believe, like that young man from Chick-fil-A, Lord, many are watching, and many maybe even here would say, I receive Christ today. Would you do it right now? You, you can pray something. It's, it's this simple, and yet it's incredibly profound. Dear God, you are great. I know I'm a sinner. Please have mercy on me, Lord. Forgive me. By faith, I receive you into my heart. Lord, I turn away from all sin, and by your 
power and by your grace, I cling to you. Jesus, save me. You pray that today. Hallelujah. Let us know, please, before this day ends, type it up, send it in. Speak to somebody. Let us know so that we can walk with you and journey with you and disciple you. That's that's why we're here. Lord, I do pray finally for many. Many, Lord, are weighty. It's heavy, God. The burdens are many. The unbelief, the unforgiveness, the immorality, the addiction, the unforgiveness. Oh, I think about that. Lord God, would you just remove those stones? Lord, I'm praying in the weeks ahead, there would be so many miracles that happen right here, right now, that we would talk about it for years to come. Look what God did on that first Sunday back. I was literally set free from my addiction to alcohol. Hallelujah. I believe that. I received that for people today, that they would, they, that would be their testimony today. They were set free from that impetuous, that acerbic, that, that quick, mean spirit was eradicated by the Holy Spirit of God. Now there's love. Woo-hoo. There's patience. There's no hot temper anymore, no losing your cool. Jesus took care of that. He rolled that stone away. June the 7th, 2020. We received that. Lord, I believe that you want to do this. And I believe there are people who, who want to be set free. So I'm praying for them. Lord, we love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would y'all stand with me? We're going to sing again. And then we're going to have to dismiss you by rose in just a minute. So please don't, don't run out. And so um, Jeff and team, guys, y'all here? I, I feel your presence. All right, there you are. Why don't y'all lead us? We'll sing and then we'll help you as you're dismissed.